welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Andy, for getting together with me. Um, a mutual friend introduced us, and he introduced you as the um, <laughs> sirens. He introduced you as the Mick Jagger of Australia. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess that's because you're um, in. Uh, you've been in a Rolling Stones tribute band. Yeah, okay. yeah, I I have I'm kind of. Um, yeah, I stumbled into that, but yeah. I, yeah. I feel like um, most of my music career is, uh, yeah, I stumbled into most of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy to open up about that, but I did, yeah, it doesn't, it, sometimes it feels haphazard, uh, but looking back on it, it's like, oh, it's a very clear trajectory, but in the moment, it never feels uh, like there's too much planning. It's, it's, right building a plane as I fly it. <laughs> so, and um, then, um, as we were just talking, um, you said you're um, involved in church planning in Australia right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. T- uh, I'm, I live in, well, yeah, I live in Perth, um, okay. which is on the west coast of Australia. So, yeah. considered to be the most isolated city on the planet. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're actually doing quite all right at the moment. Um, in the midst of the pandemic, they they have like very minimal restrictions. So, oh really? They, they've had. I don't. It's been a, a few months since they've had any community-based transmissions. So, oh hey, hey, there I am. Yeah. Um, I, I, I better put on my glasses. I can't tell the difference between a six and an eight. <laughs> but, um, well. You know, it's kind of interesting, the Rolling Stones tribute band. Um, how did you stumble into that? And, um, like, what was your experience, um, you know, with that? Like, yeah, um, so uh, it's an ongoing experience, I'll say that. Um, so is the band still active? or? Um, yeah, the band is, um, it's like a, it, maybe we call it like a giant bear. Okay. It, um, it hibernates from time to time and then wakes up and roars to life mm-hmm. for s- certain seasons um, and this is one of those seasons we actually have our first rehearsal uh, tonight we, we oh, announced wow. yesterday that we've got uh, a show on the 14th of November at okay. the pageant it'll be socially distanced and okay. probably a little more intimate maybe than, than usual not as, as uh, yeah the crowd won't be I, who knows what it's going to be like it'll be fun but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So, uh, yeah. How did I get into it? Um, let me, yeah, I'll just kind of start from the beginning and meander to there. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's a, it's a good, good jumping off point. Um, I grew up obsessed with music. Um, I, I think it, for me, it was, you know, music was a refuge. Uh, my folks divorced when I was at two, when I was two. Okay. And, um, it, yeah, it, music was just this place I could go and disappear. Um, it was you, a, did you grow up in this area? Or? No, no, okay. sorry. I uh, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there. so when, when my folks divorced, um, my mom got plugged into a church. 
uh, pretty pretty early on. And it was a church. It was a bigger church. It was um, it was a church that was growing very quickly, and they had a lot of resources. And so musically, the music was pretty top notch in in that experience. Um, and and so yeah, I was involved in like singing in children's choir, and and that stuff was cool. Um, but my mom had uh, like we had this they had a we had a finished basement and so she would put on like Beatles records and I would play Legos and things downstairs and then like these Beatles records would be playing in the background and I'd be like ah, you know putting on fake concerts and mm-hmm. all this and drawing like I remember drawing um, stage sets of the of various bands and but the Beatles were like always something I listened to and um and my dad gave me, uh, you know, at his house, lots of music. Um, got exposed to a lot of cool music um, from an early age. And so, uh, of course, the Beatles with him, but also um, like Tom Petty and the Talking Heads and the Cars were all really, like, early, early age listening to this stuff. And just being, like, oh, like it, was, it was an escape, you know? And so music was always an escape for me in that way, and and um, and remained that way uh, through really into my through my teenage years, um, and uh, and and always in you know kind of also always into church music as well. It wasn't I never really stepped out of one or the other, and so. Um, and that's a kind of a, it's important setup that I'll I'll get back to later. But like, um, always experienced some tension with the two, uh, not so much internally I don't think, um, but but externally uh, people would uh, you can't you can't like kind of be in both those worlds you know and and um, and that always was like that was a little weird. Why not? <laughs> I just <clears throat> excuse me. It's like music. And so, um, yeah, uh, I, I also was a, a distance runner. Uh, I still run. I guess I still am a distance runner. But I ran competitively and ran for a year in, in university and uh, stepped out of that. And when I did, that was the first time I picked up a guitar. Okay. Uh, so I, was, I would have been about, I guess, about 20 at that time, 19 or 20. And um, had a roommate. Uh, who was playing guitar as well. He had just started. And so the two of us, he was involved in this campus ministry I was involved in. And we just started playing songs, just trying to write our own, trying to learn other people's stuff. And um, So I saw music quickly just ramp up in my life. Um, and from going from this thing that was where it was kind of a passive part of my life, where I was like, just I'm listening to music and enjoying it to actively creating it and um and that was really exciting you know um and so uh fast forward a little bit a couple years after college i moved up to st louis and um that same guy that i was writing songs with he moved a couple months later he moved here too Mm -hmm. and um so i went to school sorry in western kentucky at a college called murray state university and so what brought you up here uh, well, actually, um, this opportunity, there's a church called Memorial um, right in the city, and they were opening this thing called the chapel, and it was going to be 
Uh, they were going to host shows and art gallery and all this stuff. And it was really cool. I had a friend going to church there who was also a musician and a writer. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to, to get up there. My wife, I had just got married. My wife and I at the time were living at, uh, at the time, not my wife at the time. She is still my wife. <laughs> um, at the time, we were living in western Kentucky. And it's just not, I mean, it's great. It's just, it's really rural. Um, having grown up in a pretty big city in Louisville, I, you know, I was pretty, pretty bored, pretty restless, and wanted to experience something different, you know. And so, um, St. Louis popped up on our radar. It wasn't on it until it was. It was like I visited a friend who was doing a show up here and got, you know, uh, met. I, I met um, one of the people that was helping start the chapel. And they just said, you should come be a part of this. And I was like, cool. So I found a job up here, and we just we moved. My wife's a school teacher. She ended up getting a job up here. and um, Yeah, so I got plugged into the chapel. I promise I'm going to get to the stones in a second. <laughs> I just feel like it, it helps to sure. um, give the background. Because it, um, yeah, uh, otherwise it, it's like it doesn't make sense how I stumbled into it. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so at the chapel, I started to get to know local musicians and local people, um, going out and seeing shows. And my friend Aaron, who I was writing songs with, he moved up. And we started doing that. We met some people, and we started. We formed a band. Um, and that band was called Via Dove. And so we, we started playing shows. And as I got busier with that, um, I stepped out of my role at the chapel. So I'd been doing that for a couple of years. And... Um, you know, Via Dove was a lot of fun. We got to play um, like South by Southwest. We got to do uh, a, show, a showcase up in the Northeast, which was just a, a trip. We got to do a lot of fun things with that um, and, uh, and play and, and write. And there's this really cool event in St. Louis. Um, well, it's, I think it's on hiatus as well right now. Uh, it's called Undercover Weekend. And it's where local bands, um, like 15 local bands over three nights, so five bands a night, basically get a 30-minute, 35-minute set to become a famous band. And they, okay. you, you either have to play it in the vein of your music, like these songs, and completely reinterpret them mm-hmm. in your music, or you have to um, faithfully tribute this, okay. the, you know, a famous band. And I knew we knew the guy that promoted it and started it and put it together, and we he he had offered it to us, and so um, he said we you you do two submissions and then they kind of you kind of negotiate from there. So our two submissions were were Beck and the Rolling Stones were our first one. So Beck was the second one, like our number two pick, and he really wanted us. Uh, my friend Mike really wanted us to pick Beck, and we just. No, no, let's do this. We really had this sense that we wanted to do the Stones. So Beck, is that Um, Jeff Beck or? No, no. uh, His name's Beck Hansen. Beck, um, I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? Like that. That's like his newer band or something? uh, No, Beck's probably, gosh. um, I think his loser came out in like 92, 93, 94, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, he was like head of the slacker generation. And then he's kind of done... He's a bit more like 
is it, like, the only other artist that's kind of similar to him is Bowie. He's, okay. He, yeah, he's pretty well okay. known. If you've not heard him, you just check him out. Like the Stones okay. and Beck are like my two favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're my two favorites for sure. But uh, yeah, so we did the Stones thing, and um, I, we were having fun with it. We um, we asked this really well known guitar player named Jimmy Griffin here in St. Louis to play with us and um, and it was a hit it was fun and then this preview came out in the RFT the, uh, about the the weekend mm-hmm. and the guy that was reviewing it I knew him his, his name's well yeah his name's uh, Chris and he had written about it and given his kind of his opinion on what whether or not each band could pull off each of these. And he gets to us and he says, oh, the band's going to nail this. But he, he, he said something along the lines of like, can he, I just don't know if Andy can do um, Jagger's pouty, you know, schoolhouse marm or something like that. And I, mm-hmm. and, uh, I kind of like, it's like, well, my dad is this massive Stones fan. And I used to do it like just do Jagger we'd watch these videos and I'd do Jagger at parties and like make everybody laugh like I could do it and so in my head it was almost a like approve it you know um very Missouri show me state <laughs> um and so I just said you know what we're gonna we're gonna do this so we just like all of a sudden we dressed up we put on costumes like it just we took it to another level and um and it was a great like it ended up being this great show like we kind of surprised everybody i think we surprised ourselves in a way like we knew we could do it but i think the energy return that we got out of the crowd like those songs i mean those yeah. songs are just built they're built for a live room and yeah. all of that and so um yeah so we uh we did it and this this other guy that we'd asked to play with us because at the time it was just me and Aaron on guitar and so we needed since I wasn't going to play we needed another guitar player um, he's also in the big um, uh, Pink Floyd tribute and the big Led Zeppelin tribute here mm. El Monstero and Celebration Day and uh, he said hey we should we should get this to like the level of those two gigs I'm going yeah that sounds like a, that sounds like fun why not? But then none of the other guys in my band wanted to do it. They didn't want to be a part of it. And so um, we just kind of went on hold. And then one day I get this call out of the blue from, uh, from, a, from this guy that I admire that's friends with Jimmy. And he says, hey, we've been talking to Jimmy. We're gonna, his name's Dave. He says, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We got This is the band. And he starts telling me just the list. of the, And it's people that I know and admire and have kind of been around um, in St. Louis music, and it and it's it's like man, this is a group of people I want to hang out with. This is really cool, and so uh, he said we're gonna we're gonna get together and trial run it. We'll do some do these songs, and we got I mean the first song in, you know the caliber of the band. It was it was just the first song that we ever played together was Can't You Hear Me Knocking, and we just it was incredible just nailed it on the first take like wow um and i felt like it was a, it's still always an element of where i feel out of my league uh with with those guys i mean it just they're so pro and so good and um i'd look ridiculous not doing that 
gig. Needless to say, like the, the Undercover Weekend gig was just this big thing that launched it. And, um, and it, it put me, it, it continued to open doors for me to get to new, know new people and have new experiences playing the music. And so, and then to get to dive into like the Rolling Stones catalog. Um, I mean, that band, we've done a couple of shows that have tipped like three and a half hours where it's, it's like 38 songs, you know, and yeah. um, I think I, I counted, I had somebody in Australia last year ask me like, how many songs do you know? And I was like, it's probably upwards of like 55 or 56 songs. Um, mm-hmm. So to take that apart and get to study that and, mm-hmm. and do it um, to that level and um, it's pretty exciting, but you know, like it, it, it felt really haphazard. It was like this thing we were doing to be a part of the local com- music community. And then it went so well, it was like, Hey, maybe there's something to this, you know? Yeah. Now, so. did you say that the, the band also does Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd or is that just the background of he, um, well, Jimmy is in, they're separate things. They're separate things. Some okay. of the, there's a, a, some of the characters overlap for sure. Okay. Um, uh, and that helps, you know, those, but those, when you're doing a band like, like that, like when you have a band that you've put together where you're playing like your own, do you have any music? Like, do you play music? Do you do any, like I strum on a guitar. Yeah. So when you play with people, you know, there's chemistry sometimes and sometimes there's not. Um, but, and the chemistry side of it really lends itself to creativity and to playing together. Um, when you do the tribute things, you know, you can, you can get, if you're a really good player and you can dissect those parts and do it, you can almost get anybody to do it. Um, but you still have to really want to get along and, and, and there has to be some chemistry in terms of, especially like with something like the stones, um, where you're, where you're replicating it, you know, uh, it's a, it's a different animal because there's the songs technically speaking are kind of easy you know but then they're not at all and there's this like mojo or vibe that they've got um yeah my, jimmy describes it that they're 80 percent hips and crotch and 20 percent kind of knowing the structure of the song like it's just there's yeah. a swagger to them right um mm-hmm. and and so to have a band of characters that, you know, everybody in that group is just, they're unbelievable, and, but they're all really fun. Like, when we get together and do these, these gigs and come back to it, it's like a big family reunion, you know? Um, yeah. and, and we've had one guy move out, like, one of the guitar players has moved out to L.A. now, and so, sadly, he's not going to be a part of it, but we know this like the guy that's filling in it's taken over for him um his name's jim i've gotten to do it i'm like super excited to play with him because i got to do a gig with him once and it's just like holy cow like just this other amazing individual just steps right in and it's it's gonna be so fun yeah so um (laughs) so sorry i'm so long-winded I it's okay. hear myself talk. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, as far as, like, you're mentioning tension, and that's something that comes up in mm. my, um, because as a church planter, I'm assuming, you you know, you're involved in the Christian faith and, and so forth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the tension. So Sorry, I'm getting a 
message from my wife. I need okay, to- <laughs> go ahead. There yeah. we go. Um, so, like, um, on one hand, like, I, you know, I grew up, um, I was in high school in the early 80s, so I grew up with the 70s music. Sure. And, um, and I can um, really resonate, you know, with, like, hearing those first couple of guitar chords of a Rolling Stones song and just, you know. You know it. Yeah. Right. And just kind of, it really uh, hitting a chord with me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I can look, listen, you know, think of these bands and um, their music and see something uh, really good in it that's fun. Yeah, even the Rolling Stones cry out. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little Christian joke there. Okay. (laughs) The Stones cry out. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Um, but, um, But then again, there is, the tension in my mind is that, um, while looking at the lyrics, you know, sure. it's like, well, it's kind of like, um, what do you call it, debauchery and that Yeah, type. there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's kind of like, um, well, I can see the good in it. I can kind of get into it and stuff. But there is always that kind of uncomfortable um, feeling. Uh, like when I t- I'm just tuning on the radio right. and a song comes on that I haven't heard in years and it's right. something I used to listen to and it's like so gr- you know really neat just to hear it again and it's like nostalgia coming back and everything but um, but then it's like if I just kept my uh, radio on the dial two or three songs you know I'd eventually sooner uh, at some point I'd be getting into some things like Oh, I'll just you know just listening to this it's like um almost like uh you know s- thinking about um you know like you know wild you know women and yeah, yeah. stuff like that so anyway yeah, that drugs and drinking right and all of that, that type of thing yeah so anyway what are your thoughts about it and, and that type of thing yeah um i so I hit it from an anthropology. Like like an anthropological kind of pers- perspective. Like I'm an actor in it. It's not like I didn't write it. Right. Um, I guess in some ways, uh, by replicating the art and putting it out there, um, some could argue maybe I'm I'm moving it forward. But those songs are out there in the in the public consciousness already. Um, yeah. So I look at it like as an act that's that's I, I hit it from that like I'm not I'm not living it um, right and look it's shaped our culture right like it, these songs have impacted our culture and so it's fascinating to take them apart um, and to understand like I, I think for me um, it's it is it's a study it's like oh wow okay so that's the thinking and some of it you can kind of see where you go oh well that's helped shape where we are now and in my own personal life it gives me a a chance to interact with it in a way um hopefully in a redemptive way um when i talk to people about it but yeah i don't like there's i think there's a couple tunes that i've that i've said yeah let's let's shy away from that you know but most of it we we roll with and 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 do it um yeah so I uh, yeah I don't know it's a it's a it's a weird one. Um, sorry, I'm 
just trying to think. I want to make sure I give that, give that the. Because I can, I can see how it'd be so fun to be in this type oh, yeah, of a band. Yeah. Um, but it, for me, it'd almost have to be like ignoring the words or something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's part of the... My, let my, my pause is because I want to answer it well. Um, I don't... I... Uh, I encountered this a lot with a lot of different art, right? That question that um, when the, with the movies that we see, with the visual art that we take in, mm-hmm. um, with the theater pieces that are that you experience. Um, yeah, I, I come back to the fact that these are these are things that have shaped our culture. And so there's an opportunity to, to interact with it. Um, from my perspective, being an actor, I'm, I'm often more concerned with my interactions with the other actors involved in it. Um, so there's an opportunity to go into a place that I wouldn't otherwise be able to go into. Mm-hmm. And so being able to be at that table with those people that I'm making this music happen with um, is the greater opportunity for me. Hmm, um, does that, so I, I often look at it from that angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I feel like most of what I'm singing, you can flip on the television and most of us are going to see it right. in the same way. So that's that, and that's where I that's where I land on it. I don't want to sound like it doesn't make me uncomfortable sometimes because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I step back and look at it, I'm like, well, what else? You know, what other art am I interacting with, and what does it look like? You know, and can I can I be sheltered from it? And so, um, yeah. So that's I don't know. Maybe that's a that's. Some people find that an- answer maybe unsatisfactory, but no, I can. Yeah. No, that's a good answer, and I um, can re- relate to that. Um, I think it's kind of like uh, not a black and white. It's more like a matter of personal conscience. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think in the art world, um, and I in and in Western Australia, I interact in the art world quite a bit of, of all from video to and film to music to visual art um and you just you encounter quite a bit um in that in that world of things that can make you uncomfortable (laughs) and 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 granted you're not putting it forth you're not the one but there's still an interaction and still a a need to know how to talk about it and um yeah so yeah so that's but I, I definitely, it's a, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I, I can, I can do it, you know, like I can do that gig, I can, I can do it, and it's made me appreciate the Stones catalog. I do want to say, it's fascinating when you get into their post eighty one stuff. Um, there is, there's a lyrical shift. Hmm. Um, that I often find uh, it's fascinating. Um, there's some big themes that start to get explored 
um, of on the other side of that coin of mm. where does that lead and it becomes very like reading the book of Ecclesiastes you know hmm. like you mm-hmm. um, yeah that like that story's not over it, it, that front side you get you get you you know like i'm like said unsatisfactory like you can't get no satisfaction like you can't always get what you want like these are people that have had everything mm-hmm. yeah right like it's it's all there and then you, you as they get older you start to write these other songs mm-hmm. you start to see a different side of that coin mm-hmm. um and so I find that, like, again, it's very anthropological on that side, like just studying it, kind of taking it apart. There's a great book called, um, oh, the, what's it? Uh, the Crucified Soul of Rock and Roll. It's by David Zoll. I'm, I think I'm only giving you the, I'm not giving you the title, I'm giving you the, sub, the subtitle. But it's by David Zoll, and he talks about, he, he talks about these things that we're talking about. And he has a chapter that's actually called um, Even the Rolling Stones Cry Out. It's an annotated playlist of stone songs that are overlooked in their catalog that actually deal with faith. Hmm. And it's a really fascinating read. Um, hmm. and, and so I, I recommend that. Like if you're kind of like hearing what I'm saying and trying to wrestle with uh, interacting with that world and doing it with a conscience and doing it yeah. well um i want to recommend that that piece of literature just it's a really thoughtful um dive into pop pop music and even how faith shows up in the most peculiar and unexpected places cool so yeah yeah, yeah. um i just briefly kind of looked at your maybe it was a facebook page or something like that okay and it seemed i saw something about cultural director or cultural not director oh um, yeah curator 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 of worship and culture um that's my that's my work title so i work for a church in perth um well actually in the in i'm in Fremantle. so perth is a big city and it's a very big modern city Fremantle is a very, uh, it's the oldest settlement in Western Australia, and it's, um, it's right on the port. It's got this beautiful uh, blue-collar bohemian art world hmm. vibe. It's just weird and wonderful. Um, and so I, my job is kind of twofold. I'm the curator of worship and culture at this church, and so it's, the it's a church plant and the first really the first few years that i was there a lot of um planning the liturgy um working with our musicians developing others to step up and plan and lead uh the music um and so obviously i'm a i'm from the states um and so there's a real drive for us to have um, many voices incorporated in how we shape our worship service. Uh, so particularly, we want Australian voices. Um, and so, working with some of our Australian brothers and sisters there to uh, get them into planning. So, um, that, that's been, it's curatorial in that nature. Is like they have every, everybody that plans, and, and we're all picking from the same pool of songs and whatnot. And making the decisions about what songs we sing, but um, we get them. Everybody brings their own flavor to it, 
And so as a, as a curator, kind of identifying, oh, you have a knack for this. Let's get you in here. And, and so, okay. um, so that's one side of it. The other side is to get, um, to get our church community to interact with the community at large. Um, so that's everything from I go to um, a show or two a week, uh, you know, and see um, see different different people um, playing out um, and meet people that way. And I often take people from our church gathering with me, um, get them plugged into that world, uh, and and sometimes demystify it a little bit. I also play. I have a band that I've found myself in in Western Australia that I play with some musicians in. Um, and so interacting with them. And then we also, as a church, we're part of um, this really big festival. It's, the, it's called Fringe World, Fringe Festival. And uh, Fringe Festival's all over. It's in major cities all over the world. But Perth has the third largest in the world in terms of participation and attendance. And so we host... For from the middle of February or middle of January to the middle of February, we host shows in our in our chapel. Um, so it's a it, it we cap it at a hundred people, and it's a beautiful time to uh, invite our neighbors in and also get to know our local artists and, and musicians. Um, so we ho- our our showcase, if you will, is mainly local people. Actually, it's only local people. Um, I think we'd be open to having some interstate people or even international people at some point. But we've we've done it two years now, and this third year, I'm not actually planning it because I'm not there. But a woman that I've worked with in the community is helping to plan it. And so, um, but it's a great opportunity for our church to give back and love on the artists that are operating and working in our midst um and and then we also get to meet our neighbors they come in um and so that's been just a pure joy so curating that has Mm -hmm. been um exciting and again that's that tension like i kind of have always lived in that world of like Get, uh, getting my hands uh, getting my hands dirty that, that but there's a negative connotation to that like it's I mean, when you're working in soil or whatever your hands get dirty too you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. and so yeah so I, it's I, I don't know it's where God's always put me um, or where I've yeah where I found myself and um, and I'm often surprised at the situation, just the situations I find myself in. I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I'm a part of this and, and meeting fantastic creators and getting to have those conversations um, about why would you do this? Why would you open this beautiful space? So the chapel where we host is 130 years old mm-hmm. um, and it's crazy good acoustics. And so we get everybody to strip their music down just <laughs> to have it. Um, let's take a different approach. This is a different situation. So there's an opportunity here. People come in, they see the pews, they just sit, they don't talk. You can hear a pin drop at most shows. Hmm. And and so, but I get to work with the artists as we do it and get to know them. Um, And it's a way that our church provides care 
so they know we're there. They know that we, they know that we care. So when um, you were talking about getting your hands dirty, are you talking about like just interaction with kind of people who are like messy, morally kind of? Is that what you mean? Uh, I, I know plenty of Christians that are messy, <laughs> messy morally. Right. Um, I feel like most church work is getting your hands dirty, probably. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I guess I mean you find yourself in situations sometimes where you're with people that have different views on life um, and different approaches to life than, than your own self. Um, and that can be foreign, and sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Uh, that's what I mean by getting my hands dirty. That's, I, right. I, I, I definitely mean that more in the working the soil sense than, a, oh, my goodness, I need to go wash my oh, hands and be right. clean. Not like in a Pharisaical right. right. sense, right? Yeah. But like uh, getting into, like, right, different lifestyles, things that are not all neat and orderly right. and stuff as right. far as viewpoints and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, time and time again in the gospels we see Jesus and the and the disciples operating in a similar in a similar way. Right. Um, and being out in uh, being out being out outside of the tabernacle if you will. Like they they're going where they where the people are. Right. And so that's really it's no different than the person that goes to the office. Um, and mm-hmm. and works, you know, a traditional what we you know forty hour a week nine to five right. job. They're gonna encounter. I mean, I've worked in an office. <laughs> you encounter some pretty crazy stuff in that as well. Right. Um, not much different, uh, but yeah, you know, you, you do find. I think for me, I always kind of have to. Again, I lean back on that um, that anthropology hat. Understanding. I want to understand. I want to seek to understand what's happening so that I can interact with it well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously my faith um, is, is, is influential in those interactions and to the point where I want to be able to share the gospel with people and, um, and uh, yeah, show them Jesus' love. And so that's where I, that's where I land and why I, why I do what I do, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. So, um, when it comes to interaction with the community, which yeah. you brought up, it seems it sounds like from your involvement in that is like in the with other people in the art community and just yeah. the interaction and stuff like that. And uh, so, I'm pretty interested in interaction people outside of my circles. And I think, yeah, you know, I think hopefully a lot of Christian people are. Um, so I'm not. Um, you know, um, like I'm not like gifted as an artist or anything like that. Yeah. But and I guess um, most people aren't, and that's why those who are are you know referred to as gifted. So, do you have any thoughts about interaction, um, or like just kind of breaking out of our circles and just um, getting into the mix and uh, how how you've seen people do that and yeah. um, just any thoughts or ideas and stuff like that yeah I, I actually get asked that I think because of my particular ness in what I do it's pretty particular right you know mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely not 
for everyone. Like I, you know, not everybody's gifted in that way. In the same way that I, you know, I have a friend that works for Deloitte and does a lot of their accounting stuff. I have no business walking into that world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, um, uh, I think the biggest thing when you're, when you want to enter is look at where, look at where you are. Look at, if you want to get outside of your circle or the best place to start is by looking at your circle and saying, well, what, what's around me? Um, and what I realized is, oh, I have this situation. Like, it, it really began, I thought it began at the chapel, but it, 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 it began much earlier than that. It began with me listening to music and really being into music and having these experiences with it, so much so that like, when I got to university, I would often seek out like these there were these crazy bands they would put on these shows right in the Chris Center um, and like I mean it's the worst racket you've ever heard like literally a guy has a weed eater in a metal trash can <laughs> and he's like playing a beat to it with it it's just like <laughs> like it's just but then the band is trying to keep up with this guy and it's like they're almost reacting to that, right? And so I just felt like, but, and that's, a, that's just so impressive. I, I ended up going and talking to them and, and wanting to know, like, what, what's, the, what's the deal? You know, and they, they just, like, they thought it would be funny. Like, that's their, they, <laughs> we wanted to see what people would do if we did this, you know. They're like, so, but I, and then I, throughout college, would see these guys and we talk and, but as I looked back, and it, particularly at my time at the chapel, started to realize um, my circle was I'm, I'm interacting with these musicians. And I'm, I'm at that point, wouldn't have called myself a musician. Um, I think I was, but I was musician-minded, maybe. And I just thought, oh, I... I'm interacting with these people and it's being curious, right? So you look at where you are and you say, well, who's around me? Who am I interacting with? And, and, and then asking questions, so being curious and just trying to learn about them. But being, being, um, being outside yourself, being outside your own head and trying to understand who the people around you are. And so if you're, like for me I was around a lot of musicians starting to do that and starting to play and so it that world just it continued the circles just continued to get bigger and and encircle encircle me (laughs) Um, uh, that way and I I think that yeah be like again back to that anthropological approach is asking the questions of why and just being curious and getting to know people getting to know your neighbor um, right. That's. I think that's like the the place to start, and then you find yourself pulling a thread of of a common interest. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that that's like, oh, that's music. Um, but I also like on the flip side, my wife and I. One of the one of the really wonderful things about Australia is like um, when you have a, a a child there, when you're a first time parent, they have these community parent groups that like you're you're automatically put in. Hmm. Um, and so, like, all the babies that are born in this, like, eight-week window, 
in your neighborhood, all the all the they call them mums groups, but the sometimes the dads go. Um, they go to a couple of them, <laughs> you know. Again, then they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go watch the footy and be done with it," you know. But um, we've we've met people that you know. The common denominator is that we've got our first kid, and yeah. they're the same age. But now our our daughters go to the same daycare, same swim lessons, and then you start to meet their friends and it, you just get to to know people that way and 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 that one was kind of handed to us on a platter but you know there there are people that they came to one or two and then they're just done you know yeah. but we needed all the help we could get we like fun part to our story the day we landed in australia about 12 hours after we landed we figured out we were pregnant completely like wow. we were we were not expecting that news and so um wild ride to uh to be you know, in yeah. a new country, and all of a sudden you're gonna nine right. months, you're gonna have a kid. Like yeah. what? So, um, so yeah. So I, my my thing to that is is be curious, like yeah. ask questions, um, and get to know. Yeah, just get to know the people around you, and I and you find common threads, and then it it does seem to grow. Mm-hmm. It seems to grow from there. In my experience, and in the experience of others. So. Do you have any thoughts about? Like when or if I got lots of thoughts. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's we'll see what you think about this. Like about bringing things to a point, or that's kind of like the way I put it. Like, um, so I, um, you know, I have interaction with, um, um, I have interaction with. Um, just a second here. Okay with uh, neighbors and people in meetup groups and things like that. And we talk about like fundamental beliefs, mm-hmm. um, like my fundamental beliefs, you know, are based on the, the Christian story. Sure. And someone else I might be talking with, um, could be, it could be totally naturalistic, you know, mm-hmm. nothing beyond what we're just experiencing with our senses. Yeah. And, um, and people are so tolerant, which is great. Uh, I mean, people are, they accept me for who I am mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm comfortable just sharing who I am yeah. and listening to them. And I've been just interacting with some really neat people, I, th- I think. Um, but I sometimes I wonder, uh, well, do we just go on? Um, I mean, should there ever be a, a time when in love I should kind of be bringing some, this down to a point? Like there's something that just if you're right and I'm wrong or if I'm um um, if you're right, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, like that, there's pretty significant consequences to that. Um, yeah. And doesn't this need to be um, like something that's kind of grappled with or something like that? Um, and there's there's also situations where um, you know we may just never see the person, but then again, someone else might be interacting with them, and we don't know their full story. But um, do you? Um, what about? Do you ever kind of so my my approach is normally like, well, I'll just be who I am, and then it's just, it'll just be up to God. He'll have to give them the desire. He'll compel them. It'll be up to up to God to do something in their life. Or, um, but do you have any thoughts about that? Should yeah about us being more uh, diligent or like intentional or something like that? You know? Yeah, I think that's. I think intentionality is um, is really important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also think lacking an agenda is really important, hmm. uh, particularly when you're getting to know people. Yeah. Um, we, you know, uh, Australians are big on the word vibe, and I think like people have vibes, you know, <laughs> and you you have um, folks that you immediately connect with. And, and the vibe is there from the beginning. And then you have other people where you maybe a few interactions and the vibe grows. And then you have some people where the vibe's just never there, you know? And so, in for whatever reason, you know? Um, and so, I, I think, look, Jesus really valued people. And there's an obvious intentionality to his message and to <laughs> where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also, s- you also seem to s- like, there's kind of a, it, he's kind of riding that wave of, of relationship with people too. Um, and so I, I do anytime that the intentionality shows up, I often make sure that, my hope is that the trust is there, that 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 it's been built to mm-hmm. the point for me to um, be able to say something that impacts somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time, I, I, I like to be invited into that moment. That's mm-hmm. my personality, right? Um, I'm, and so, yeah, I want. I, I'd ra- I'd rather people kind of almost be asking me or right. um, or or that be my understanding of the context of the re- of the relationship in that moment right um, and it does seem like it has to kind of make sense to us personally exactly yeah uh, we yeah there needs definitely needs to be that for yeah. sure and so I, that's where and, and particularly I think in a in a the situation is different here right for me versus australia like in australia uh, most of the time i'm i'm i can sound like i'm from another planet when i start talking faith it's mm-hmm. that's not a big driver there there isn't um the same relationship with faith they have a different history with it a different um a different set of baggage if you will than than we do here with particularly the christian faith mm-hmm. um and so, uh, here, most people know, they've heard some fragment, and yeah. uh, or they've heard, maybe they've heard not as a fragment, they've heard a whole chunk of it. Um, and so, they, people have very particularly strong attitudes towards it, one way or the other. Uh, there's a lot of indifference um, down under, I, <laughs> for me, in my experience. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much hostility. Right. Um, so... Yeah. Sometimes here I can encounter hostility much quicker. So, um, and the last thing that I want is to remove my, to be removed from a situation because of me saying something flippantly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do try to be intentional with where um, a conversation goes, and I think you go a long way just to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like right. I said, being curious. Oh, why? Okay, well, tell me about your story. Why do you think that? Mm-hmm. What's what got you to that point? Right. Um, 
so yeah, like in getting to the point, sometimes it helps to ask right. how they got to that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So here's um, kind of a two-part question. Yeah. You know, what is art or like what do you see it as like the function of it or what it does for us? And then should we all be involved in it, uh, whether we are gifted or not? Is it just human experience type of thing that we should be um, and then uh, how can we enhance that or, you know, if, if we should be or any, just In terms anything. of like, like specifically like evangelism or, or no, just... No, uh, well, including that, but um, like art as far as... Um, oh, art. Okay, yeah. Cool. Like, um, well, first of all, just what, yeah. what is art? What's it do for us? What does, how yeah. does it function? And... <laughs> Greater people than me have tried to answer that, but I'm not even. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I, okay. uh, I can take a stab. Okay. Yeah, go on, though. I've yeah, so let's you. just start there. I mean, I think art is. Yeah. I, I think I really do. The older I get, I think it's, a, it's everywhere around us. And I think mm. you can look at from the structures that we build um, and the way that we live our lives and the systems that are in place. There's a design to them. Hmm. Um, sometimes they're more intentional and well thought out uh, than others. And I think as we interact in our lives, those that that art, that dance of life, or whatever, what, however you want to frame it, um, is all around us. And we all have our particularness, and that's really important. And and so the sooner that you can understand your particularness and have a sense of peace about it, I think the more capable you're going to be with interacting with it and understanding your own creativity within that particularness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, it, it's an art to run a big corporation. So hopefully those folks that are running those you know there's creative systems that they come up with to get those corporations as big as they do and i that to me that's an art there is an you know an art to that um i wonder if art is kind of like it's more like on a different level like an intuitive level because mm -hmm. we say like is something um like a hard skill or is it an art whereas the art is like i can't explain exactly how i do this but i do it somehow and it's like on a different level somehow that we feel it or something? Yeah, I feel like it's a both and. Okay. Like I, I, I'll be pretty, I try and stay really broad on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it, just because I think it's fun. I think the, and, and it's fun to, to squirm a little bit with it and not know. Um, hmm. But I think the more that, if in taking that broader view with it, It's good, like, when you, you know, for the, for the f- person that goes into an office every day. Like, I did that for four years and, in my life. And you have a, th- that routine that you do every day for your work, the way that it operates. There, I think that you can find a creativity within that that makes you tick, that makes you go, that enhances what you're doing. It, you, you bring your kind of best game to that. And I, I really do believe as as 
followers of Jesus that we're called to really think that deeply about what it is we're interacting with. I mean, I've not ever worked in fast food, but like that would, that'd be a challenge. Like what's it like to go into a situation where you're flipping burgers every day? Like, and how do you think about that creative, like creatively? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I'm driving at. So even the person that's like making, you know, making a, a, a sculpture piece, like they've got to think deeply about that and the process of like, what material do I want to use? And like, how do, how do I get into all that? But it's the, it, it really is the same to somebody designing a computer program, you know, um, taking that apart. And I think the more intentional we are in thinking of, about what we do, on a daily basis about those things that that does impact our art i feel like i've completely sidetracked off this question (laughs) but um yeah guide me back in so um in art um are we communicating something are we trying to or communicating an emotion perhaps or um or something can't quite put into words perhaps or um i I think so i think that um yeah, every yeah. In a song, you know, that if you kind of lean on what we would think of traditionally as art, you know, in a song or a film or a visual art, there's usually a message that's trying to be portrayed, um, and you're trying to get get something across there, um, or you're reflecting on the world around you. You know, that's uh, there's a great. Um, quote or I'm going to paraphrase it but from Derek Webb where he talks about the you know the artist's job being to reflect the world around them Hmm. and and your own particularness is going to shape how you reflect it I don't you know that's that's important but it is a reflection of what you see you and you do really I think you want to keep your eyes as open as possible as an artist um Hmm. uh and so, yeah, that, yeah, I, th- I do think it's, it's that. So, okay. Yeah. Um, how, as far as like the gospel message, you know, mm-hmm. um, just have, how would you put it in a nutshell? Um, have you, you know, what are you, how would you oh, do that? Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, love God and love people. Those are the two greatest commandments, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I try and that's like when I'm when I'm in a situation where I'm getting to share the gospel. That's those are the things that are in my in my head. Is like uh, let me get out of the way, right? Because mm-hmm. in that, in loving God, and then. Um, loving others as you love yourself, loving people. We've got to get out of the way in that. Um, and so as I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, that's usually, those are the things that I'm, I'm trying to lean on. Um, and I, obviously I'm pointing towards Jesus in that um, mm-hmm. and sharing uh, the things that he's done for us. But that's, that's where I I lean on it, if that makes sense. Okay. um, Well, um, and what's the main message that you would share if you were, um, like if someone's going around wherever and they're saying, 
hey, this is what it's all about. Um, like, what would, uh, I guess I'm getting at, like, where does the atonement or Jesus' death and oh, resurrection right. fit in? Like, what is, what's the significance of that? Or what does it mean? Uh, how, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, oh, I, like, yeah, I usually, you know, you reference the, the brokenness of the world. That's something we all experience every day, particularly right now. Like, yeah. it's at the forefront of, of, of our minds. We see, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, like, people, a lot of people dying from something that we still don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. And that brokenness shows up, and there's an opportunity to talk about how that um, there is something bigger than us, and that is making the world right, um, and has made the world right, and continues to make it right, um, and and more perfect, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, talking about the need um, for things to be fixed, to be made, to be made right. And Jesus is the answer to that message. That's, that's where I, you know, and the, the way that that's done is through his death on a cross. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, that cross is at the center of history there. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 ties the, it ties the world and, and the universe, like, together. Yeah. Um, and so, like, both horizontally and down. Right. So, um, so... Is there anything in particular that gives you confidence in the, the Christian message um, rather than it being like, oh, it's just a story that kind of caught on um, and, oh. you know, it's a part of our Western heritage, but like what um, for you makes it resonate as like true and worth just putting all of your chips on it or sacrificing, um, you know, making this is what my life's about right yeah like moving my family to the other side of the world <laughs> yeah, right so, uh yeah um i feel like i've visited the, like i feel like i've been asked this question a few times in my life and i it doesn't change but it grows the answer grows um i grew up with it it's it's what I've always known. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely some comfort there. There's definitely um, a sense in uh, there's a familiarness to it. Um, and I've had some points in my life where I've, I've gotten to question that and to maybe take that apart and go, is this what do I think about this? Um, and time and again, uh, the Spirit has m- moved in such a way to show me um, that it's it's the truth. And outside of that, like it's like, it's nothing super tangible, um, other than like it's it's. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's where that's where we are, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he makes things right in this world. Um, and apart from him, not much else makes sense. Uh, that's, I mean, that's probably the best answer I can give to okay. you for where I am right now. Sure. So, okay. yeah, that's like a... That's okay. Nothing um, groundbreaking. <laughs> no, but I think that... Um, 
that's probably like most people can identify with that because um, you know there there are um, logical reasonings that you can follow and say, well this yeah. is you know um, a philosophical proof for sure. that there's a God and then there's these historical reasons for why um, we can have confidence that the Bible is a true message or um, and um, and they're helpful they have their place but I think a lot for a lot of people it's just man it's just like there's this sense of of God or, or it's not something they can necessarily put into like a logical type of thing right and I think that's a lot of that conversation is personality driven right like there are, we all have different personalities and we all I think certain things resonate for us and I think there's personality types that resonate with that really logical track mm-hmm. and understanding how all this works and the history of it and um, yeah I don't want to minimize that at all because yeah. that like there but there are also folks that there's personality types that are it's gonna be more of that like what I'm talking about more of that that sense that yeah. feeling or whatever right. um, and yeah so yeah cool um, well do you have any thoughts about like how the, you know when Christians get together for like a, a Christian meeting a church meeting whatever um, do, you know that's kind of something that's interesting uh, to me um, you know the way we do things around here it's pretty structured mm-hmm. you know you got yeah. this first that first and um I'm just kind of um, probably more structured now than like uh, when the first church first came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And then it was a lot of gathering, living life together, meals and stuff like that. Do you have any um, thoughts about um, like how, um, I guess I'm thinking mainly of the American church. I don't know how different it is mm. in different parts of the world. But um, right. what would you change about the way the church does church? Um if you could, like, uh, the way when we come together to meet, you know, just w- what we, what we ought to be doing, and um, or I don't know if ought the right, is the right word, but just you know, to make the most of our time and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, I can really only speak to my experience, and I, yeah. I've been um, fortunate to be a part of oh man a handful of maybe five or six churches in my life not many Um, Mm -hmm. and they're all really different and they all have their strengths they all have their weaknesses right Um, but I think when the times where I felt most connected in a church is due to the sense of community Mm -hmm. um and a sense of care, not necessarily from the pulpit, from the pastor. Most of the time, that's right there with it. I think if, if the pastor is really caring and doing a good job um, of shepherding the flock well, the community of believers that are walking together is going to reflect that. I, I think <laughs> in my experience yeah um, 
And so we have a we have a saying it, at Fremantle Church. It's a place we want it to be a place where you can belong before you believe. Um, hmm. And yeah, that's so. What does that look like? I mean, well, I mean, for us, we've got you know we've got folks from all walks of life. We have you know we've we've got a we got a fairly good sized ex, expat community like of you know so we've got some American believers that walk with us. We've got folks that are um, they make their life on the street. Or, uh, homelessness looks a little bit different in Australia than it does here, um, or like where we are. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a mild climate, um, mm-hmm. and with the social safety nets that are available mm-hmm. in that culture yeah. with healthcare and, um, uh, yeah, uh, money to make it like food, money for food and things like that that they get. It's not a hard way to live. I mean, it's hard, but it's right. not like I don't want to minimize their, you know, the way those. But um, we get folks that make their life on the street mm-hmm. uh, that come in our in our midst um, we have a lot of de-churched people people that have been in, and what I mean by that is people that have been involved in church um, at some point in their life and maybe have gotten um, maybe that relationship was abusive maybe that relationship with the church was um, unfulfilling whatever it is um kind of describe that as de-churched or whatever uh we've got folks that we've got folks that have never even set foot in a church they've started coming to church with us mm-hmm. and so we want people that come in to feel welcome mm-hmm. um and that that means going to eat with them that means getting together outside of that sunday morning meeting mm-hmm. um and, and yeah, like, so our Sunday morning meetings are very structured. Like we have a pretty defined liturgy mm-hmm. um, or, or order of service for those that are not familiar with that kind of language. Um, we participate in the church calendar hmm. um, wow. uh, in that way and really try and follow that. And, and uh, there's a sense of, being part of the church universal in that, yeah. the church Catholic. Uh, and that's exciting. But then it also means like we, we do think, we think about our, you know, about our gathering in a very particular way. And so we have, we have small groups and we, we aim for those to be, um, where people really grow um, throughout the week and getting together. Hmm. Um, You know, for all the frustration that comes with um, modern technology, you know, one of the great things is like you can create these big, you know, groups on things like a Facebook messenger. Um, And so when, when new people come in to the church gathering, they kind of, we ask them like, Hey, do you want to be involved in this? Cause like, if somebody's going somewhere to an event or something, bam, just send it out to that mm-hmm. Fremantle Church gathering group. And all of a sudden, you'll, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go down to my local tonight and see this band and have some dinner. <laughs> Anybody want to come? And all of a sudden you get 15, 20 people show <laughs> up, you know, or, right. or two or three, you know, you get, and, and so by going and interacting in the world around us and, and getting to know each other that way, as well as on Sunday morning, there mm-hmm. is a sense of belonging. Even if you're not like, even if you're not into it, mm-hmm. into the Christian right. message, mm-hmm. we've got folks that like, they're not there yet, but they come every week. Hmm. Are they well? Or they come, you know, once or twice a month or whatever. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that we have everybody. Any, I was maybe some hyperbole there. I don't know that we have anybody that comes every week like that. But we do have people that come regular, look with some regularity. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's a testament to us striving to be like the early church in that way and mm-hmm. caring deeply for one another. And and then also. When things get hard for somebody, staying with them hmm. um, and walking with them. Mm-hmm. Time and again, I think that's where uh, the Christian, we can't, we can't walk away from the hurt. Hmm. Yeah. I think Jesus is pretty clear in that. And, and hurt can look like a lot of different things, hmm. but we can't walk away from it. Yeah. Um, and so usually we're running towards it if we're doing hmm. if we're really following Jesus we tend to run towards it yeah um, hurting people that is I don't, like, we want to we want to walk with those that are broken we want right. to be with them and care yeah and sometimes it, it doesn't mean that they're gonna you know they might not ever come to believe but mm-hmm. we're called to love our neighbors right and that's you know and I I carry like I carry a big part of that with me into like when I do the Stones gig. Mm-hmm. I'm hmm. I am you know I'm trying to love my neighbor well in that. Hmm. Um, yeah. And and so yeah. And that's and that and that goes back to that kind of getting our hands messy. Like really, what I mean by that is maybe sometimes getting uncomfortable as well. You know, like we we end up in these situations like I'm not a big one to sit with people in their pain. Like, that's not my, I, I'm really uncomfortable with that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I've had to just learn to shut up and listen. And sometimes that's just like, we're just both sitting there and, yeah. you know. I know. It's hard um, when people are in a lot of pain. It's almost like the environment just sucks everything out of me. It's like, <laughs> you know, um, it's hard to give, but I, I do think it's important to be with people um, yeah. because they need someone to be with them. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's been, and I think like, I, I look at it right now. I'm relatively homeless because I'm I'm visiting the U.S. in the midst of a pandemic, and mm-hmm. like, I don't I kind of don't know when I'm going to be able to get back into Australia. And so, um, not have you know, I'm fortunate to be based in St. Louis where I have an existing community, but I've been gone from it for four years now, and to revisit that, to, even that's a struggle to like to reconnect with people in that way and, and in the midst of a pandemic when you can't get together and reestablish yeah. I like it's a it's a really tough it's a tough time like it's made as I reflect and kind of see where I am right now in the it, it makes me relish being able to get together with people even even more and, <laughs> and sitting with people in that but I think that's one of those things that our church does well and part of the reason we've grown um, mm-hmm. with the diversity of of 
different types of people that come with us. I think they see um, not just the leadership's willingness, but the congregation's willingness to come alongside people mm-hmm. uh, and and celebrate and mourn with them. Mm-hmm. All at you know, sometimes, often at the same time. <laughs> well, and just kind of thinking about our conversation. Um, yeah. I guess something that made an impression on me is, um, well, a couple things. You know, just the the interaction with culture and people and being a light in it. And yeah. so I, you know, that resonates with me as you know as far as a desire for that. And also, um, um, that um, you know the the idea of exercising nuanced discernment rather than just having mm. good categories, bad categories. You know, like uh, you know this kind of music bad, this kind of music good, or whatever movies, yeah. um, activities. That there's um, we probably. Um, need to be kind of uh, that's that's so easy I mean you just put yeah. things in categories and then you don't have to think about things but I think we're supposed to be exercising discernment that looks at more of the heart of things and 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 most things are a mixture you know yeah. and to discern what is the good and um, to delight in, in that be thankful for it um, I, and I, there is something I want to speak to that sure. I, when we were talking about like my interaction with the stones stuff there there are certainly things in those songs and and in what was what's come out of of that lifestyle for people that are involved in it that those things like they're not like i don't live it and they haven't been a struggle for me in that area and i'm mindful there's people that that's going to trigger stuff for them yeah. probably best to stay away from that right, right. like I, I hope like later on in our conversation where I've talked about our particularness where that like, I feel like God in my in in his design of in creating me and my particularness um, I've got a set of tools that for at this point in my life I get to you know I'm walking that path right um, and I don't do any of that flippantly I, and I hope it didn't <laughs> come across like that I yeah. um I did. I just wanted to say that as I was I was thinking about sure. it because um, it, the nuance is great within it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, do you want to just kind of give any um, information about yourself about how people can um, uh, be in contact with you, or you know, do you um, have a website or like your band information or anything you want to yeah. share before we? I mean, I mean, like. Just, uh, find me on Facebook. Like okay. I'm on Facebook. I use it. It's a broad tool. I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't post much on it, but I use it to make connections with people. Um, all the bands that I'm involved with, uh, are, are listed there as well. So street fighting band has its own, um, okay. Facebook page and, uh, the tender hearts is the band I'm involved with in, in Perth, which okay. is, yeah. Um, and then, uh, my, previous band that I was in still has a Facebook page. We don't interact much on it. Okay. But yeah. And I'll put um, a link to um, that book you mentioned too. And what was it, that title or the author? Or? Uh, let me look it up really quick. Okay. Just, sure. it's, um, I just want to make sure I get it right. It's David Zoll. Okay. Who, um, it, are you familiar like with the, the Mockingbird 
website. It's a, um, oh, it's a, yeah, a Derek Webb's. What, was well, that the one? Derek Webb's record is called Mockingbird, but they okay. have a web. There's a another group called Mockingbird. Okay, I'm um, not really familiar with a, it. I think it's broadly evangelical. Okay. Um, maybe he's got some Anglican roots okay. as well. But um, uh, let me look this up really quick. There it is. Ah, yeah. It's a, it's a, um, a Beach Boys lyric. It's called A Mess of Help. Uh, where are we? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's by David Zoll, and it's called A Mess of Help from the Crucified Soul of Rock and Roll. Cool. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun book, um, and it just... Yeah, it it's a it's an it's a wonderful survey of pop music from the '60s onward. So, yeah, right. Well, yeah. thanks, Andy. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Will. It's cool. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.